there, and welcome to ATL and 29, a Peachtree Hoops podcast where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chenard. I'm recording on a Tuesday afternoon. Uh, the Hawks, after playing Saturday and Sunday, didn't have practice Monday, and they did have practice earlier today. So this is an update from practice. Uh, and for starters, uh, a little bit here with John Collins. In Sunday's game, he had a handful of blocks in the fourth quarter. He hasn't had a ton of blocks overall on the season, but the ones that he has had have often come late. Uh, 13 of his 23 blocks this season have come in the fourth quarter, so I asked him if that was a case of something like saving up either energy or fouls. If you remember, on draft night uh, a year and a half, almost two years ago now, you know, Travis Schlenk, when talking about Collins' defense at Wake Forest, pointed to the fact that he was really the focal point of offense, and so a prime consideration for him in playing defense in college was not to get in foul trouble, where you foul out even quicker with just five fouls. Uh, so anyways, I asked Collins about uh, the number of late blocks that he's had this season. You had a bunch of blocks in the fourth quarter the other day, and for the season... More than half your blocks are in the fourth quarter. What's that? Is that like the relief of knowing that you're not going to get in foul trouble, or is it just the, the game's close, it's time to yeah. get yeah, to I, it? I or? think it's a little bit of both. Um, I also feel like as of lately, you know, I've been able to get my, my set back, you know, coming back from the early part of the season, um, just off the injury. It was hard for me to keep that same explosion, try to go after and block those shots, those same shots that I did. I think now I'm starting to get that back and I'm starting to see the, the, the blocks jump up just a little bit. But fourth quarter is fourth quarter. You know, I'm going to turn it up. It's, it's winning time, so um, definitely going to be turned up a little bit and have extra nacho on, on the defensive end for quarter. I thought that was an interesting note from Collins about feeling like he's really starting to get his legs under him for the first time after suffering that injury earlier in the season. We'll come back in our discussion with Lloyd Pierce, both to the idea of end game defense and John Collins blocking shots. Uh, we got to talk to Pierce for a long time today. He was willing to share on a number of topics. There wasn't a huge media contingent that was there and I was pretty much the only one talking to Coach Pierce. Uh, Bob Rathman came up after a few minutes, but it was pretty much just uh, a chance to talk to Coach Pierce and, and hear what he thought on a number of topics. For starters, uh, I asked about Miles Plumley. On Sunday, Coach Pierce indicated that he thought Plumley would be back sometime soon this week. Plumley did some activity yesterday and it didn't go well and he didn't appear to be on the floor at practice, so we asked about that. Miles? Um, got a little setback. He didn't work out with us today. Um, so he'll definitely be out tomorrow. Did, did some competitive stuff yesterday. Didn't respond as well today. Nothing, nothing for tomorrow. So Plumley wasn't on the court with the team doing practice today. Uh, some players that were on the floor during practice, Tyler Zeller was there. He was getting up some threes after practice. He looked like a, a solid, steady three-point shooter for a big man for a seven-footer. Uh, also at practice was B.J. Johnson. He today signed a second 10-day contract. Uh, along with that, 
after practice, there was a, uh, a five on five game with, with mostly coaches, uh, but a couple of the low minute players got to participate in the game. That's one of the things that you'll see. And so the two players that were in today's five on five game with the coaches were Justin Anderson and BJ Johnson. Going back to Coach Pierce, I wanted to ask him about you know, what he's seen from his team in the last few weeks and really over the course of the season in end game situations in terms of defense and awareness and knowing what to do because there are a lot of different things that come up at the end of games in terms of knowing when to trap, knowing when to foul, uh, you know, lots of situations offensively, defensively, rebound, timing, knowing the clock. And, you know, he's got a very young team that's trying to learn those things. Where is the team in terms of sort of situational awareness, like in the last minute or two of a game, in terms of, you know, knowing what defense Growing. to throw out there? Yeah? Growing. No, the, the good thing about what we do is we know what we want to do. The tough thing about it is being able to execute it. So, you know, even running a play, um, we know a play we want to run, or are we running it the right way? We're running it with the pace and we're creating separations. Uh, you know, I always tell our guys, two minutes to go in a game, you can hold a little bit. You can grab a little bit. You can hit a little bit more. Uh, no ref wants to make that call. So from a defensive standpoint, you know, when we switch, we like to grab, hold, force the switch, come together, uh, use a little more force at the end of games. When you're pointing, a lot of flipping. You saw that in the Chicago and Philly game where, you know, um, Jimmy Butler and, and uh, Mike Scott didn't switch on to Levine. He gets an and one. That's poor execution. They knew what they wanted to do. They didn't execute it uh, the way they wanted to down the stretch. Um, so we, we know what we want to do, the execution of it, and how to go about doing it is really the, the growing part. And what about like all the stuff like knowing when to foul and stuff like that? Does that change on a game-by-game -game basis? No, or? It, it doesn't. We, you know, I, I think the toughest thing is to, to have full awareness. That's... You know, that's not a, it's not a, it's really not an education. You know, we, the other day we're down one and there's 22 seconds. You know, how many people know it's 22 versus 28 seconds? And, uh, you know, that's not a play. It's not a play call other than me yelling foul. Uh, it's just awareness of where you are in the game. Uh, we had a situation a couple games ago where we were up three. I think Bays was shooting a free throw. He missed the first one. You know, and it's our ball coming back. If it's going to be a three-point game, we're definitely going to foul. If we're up three and send them to the free throw. We're not giving them a three-point, but Bays makes the second free throw. We're up four. Dre ends up fouling. And so the communication to Dre was, you know, hey, if he misses, we're fouling. And the next thing you know, the shot's going up, so he didn't get the second part. If he makes it, we don't need to foul because we're up four. And so a lot of it's just, it's, it's the awareness of the game, it's the communication that I have to try and communicate with the guys consistently. You know, I've, I'm learning in those critical moments, I'd, I'd never try and tell them what not to do, I try and tell them what to do, because there's a mixed message when you say, hey, we want to foul, we don't want to, <laughs> and so they're going to do what, I heard you say we don't want to, they're going to end up doing that, so I always try and try and emphasize what we want to do. If it's up three, we want to foul. If it's up four, we don't want to foul. Um, and it's really, it's almost that simple, but that's part of the process, the ongoing process of it. I, I would, I think when we really grow, 
you're going to see a lot of guys saying, we're not fouling, right? We're not telling me. We're not fouling, right? We're one, two, five, red, right? No threes, or we're fouling the three-point When we get to that point, I think that's where I can tell they're engaged. We're just not there yet. Um, well, it's not, it's just, someone told me a long time ago, people speak on defense when they know their defense. They know what you're running. When you don't talk, you're kind of indecisive, so you don't talk. So guys, we just watched, we actually watched Tony Allen before practice and I pulled a highlight of Tony Allen on defense. And the message was, this is what an elite defender looks like. Doesn't get screened, never gives up on a play, uh, makes Kevin Durant, it was a lot of Kevin Durant clips, make Kevin Durant do something he doesn't want to do. Work to get the basketball, struggle to get a shot off, play against intense pressure, just trying to, you know, the message is trying to educate our guys on what full engaged awareness activity looks like on the defensive end of the floor. So that was that was what we watched before practice today. And it was just a random thought I had of how do we finish the season? How do we tie into being engaged at the end of games? It starts with being engaged at the beginning of games and having that type of mentality. I think one of the interesting things that you heard in that clip beyond watching clips of Tony Allen trying to guard Kevin Durant, which, you know, if you're going to watch somebody play one-on-one -on -one defense, that's a good place to start. But one of the interesting things I think you heard there was the fact that, you know, they made, he made no bones about it. If they're up three, they want to give that foul rather than trying to let the opponent get off a three-point shot. So that's, that's something to file away that in terms of, you know, what the Hawks want to do in terms of their strategy at the end of games. Uh, you know, I asked... Coach Pierce, the same thing that I asked John Collins about Collins getting a number of blocks at the end, even though, you know, he hasn't had a ton of blocks this season. And here's what Coach Pierce had to say. If you look at John's block shots, kind of just like that last game, like more me, than half of me, his... It wouldn't take me long to look at all of his block shots this year. <laughs> but see, he's getting almost like more than half in the fourth quarter. Is that just kind of... The relief of, hey, I'm not in foul trouble, I can go for things, well, or what? I think a lot of that, you know, and that's you know, part of the message with the Tony Allen stuff is his mentality was he wasn't going to get screened. His mentality was he's going to make a play. When you're thinking about what you can do, he can get through every screen. He can make every play. He can contest every shot. He can get every 50-50 ball. When you play with that kind of reckless abandon, you don't get fouls. And the ones you get, you, you, you're... you're you're happy you got him. You're trying to make a play, and it was aggressive. And I think what John has got himself into some, somehow, some win. I don't know how he was last year. Um, you know, he's definitely trying to be in the right spot, trying to do the right thing, trying everything is, I don't want to mess up. And that's when you get, I think, and I've told him, most of your fouls come from when you're trying not to foul, uh, as opposed to just go, go chase a guy down. And now, because you're so aggressive, you're just trying to make the play. You're not trying not to get the foul. So I, I think for get, getting the blocks, I think he gets fouls trying not to foul. And we end up losing. It's like a double negative. We don't get the block. We don't get the contested shot. But we do send the guy to the free throw line. So maybe the fourth quarter is the point where he just says, forget it. It doesn't matter now. I can play freely. Um, but we got to change that. We definitely have to change that mentality. We got to change the mentality for all of that. It's weird because it comes back full circle. When we, before the season even started, Vince had played 14, over 1,400 games. And 
I told the guys. How many times do you guys think Vince has fouled out in over 1,400 <laughs> career games? 25 was the number. He's fouled out 25 times in over 1,400 career games. And it was just, my point was, everyone plays that way. Oh, I got to sit if I get my third. And I got to no, you don't. If you get your third to first, it'll sit you a little bit. Um, and I've told these guys repeatedly, you guys get in foul trouble, I don't care. I'll play you with fouls. It's not a big deal. Most of the time, you get three early, you're not getting three again in the second half. It's just bad luck in the first half, but it's hard to get bad luck. And if you do, you do. You get one of your, I think it was every 60 games for Vince where you foul out. And the message is, like, play freely, don't worry about fouls. I don't care if you take a foul. You get caught in a bad position. If Trey gets caught with Valanchunas in the post tomorrow, beat him up. And then raise your hand when they call the foul. Who cares? Uh, but it's a it's a mentality. It definitely is a mentality. It's a mentality that nothing nothing on the defensive end should come easy. Uh, whether it's a cross match, and we have a no layup mentality that I'm still trying to instill with our guys, uh, and that's really just a mentality. You know, the guy's going on a break. It's one on one on the break. He can't just go lay it up and you put your hands back if you don't want to foul. Let him shoot free throws. Let him shoot free throws. No layups. Let him shoot free throws. But that. That mentality is different. Tony Allen was different. Uh, guys like that take pride in their guys. They like looking at the box score afterward. And it's not one-on-one -on -one defense. But Tony Allen had a thing. He used to say, if guy hadn't scored 7,000 career points, I don't even respect him. <laughs> so it shows you the caliber, you know, first team all defense. You hear him say it all the time. Well, he had to say, if he hadn't scored 7,000 career points, not even worthy of mine. I'm not, that's not the matchup I want tonight. I want the other guy. That's pride, and that's a different mentality. And as Vince told us, the group today, because he played with them, in addition to me coaching them, what Tony took pride in was studying tendencies. He knew every player's tendencies, so he knew how to force a player to doing something that he didn't want to do uh, because he studied tendencies. So in addition to guarding guys that scored more than 7,000 points, he studied their habits, their tendencies, their moves, everything. So he knew going into it what his advantage was and what he could take away. But again, it's a mentality that's different. And you know, everyone asks about our defense. So it's, it's, it's not something you can just come in and me put in a drill and now our defense is great. There's a mentality that comes with it that a lot of our guys just don't have. And it's not their fault. But... You also, just like shooting, you bring a great shooter in this gym like Vince, and all of a sudden guys spend more time shooting because they keep losing to him in the drill, <laughs> but now they're getting their reps because they see, man, he shoots after practice every day and he's our best shooter, so maybe I should shoot after practice. Well, you bring a defender in here that has that type of mentality and your practices change and your film study changes. Do you have that guy yet? Or is that we do not have that's that on the wish yet. list. We do not have that guy. It's, it's hard. I mean, it, that guy... That guy has been battle-tested. He's been in the playoff. And all the clips we showed were playoff games. And, you know, my message was, you guys are watching playoff games, but that doesn't mean this is the only time Tony Allen was intense. Tony Allen was intense in warm-ups, in pregame, in playoff games, in regular season games. Uh, it's like we say all the time. It's playoffs are different than the regular season. And so when you look at our roster, you say, well, who's playing the playoff series? The guys that are playing, not a lot. 
So even if we had a guy that loved the defensive end like Dre does, still hasn't played in the playoff series where it's tendencies, 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 tendencies. And you make one mistake against somebody like Steph and you go under a pick and roll, you get burned. Now all of a sudden it's a two-point game. That was it. That's the play. So studying tendencies, that type of mentality in the locker room to talk about it uh, with the film and go over it on the clips and to come in it with the meeting, knowing you're going to play this team seven times, we don't have a guy that's been through that to even to know it. You know, we move on to the next opponent, and it's a different game plan. So that's just part of it. It's it's you know there's I've been around a lot of good ones. Tony Allen was great. Mike Conley was great. Mark Gasol was Defensive Player of the Year the year I was there. Um, yeah, Joel Embiid and Robert Covington were first team and second team All Defense last year. Uh, you know it, when you when you've been around one, you you know the difference. I've been fortunate to be around guys that know the difference and understand that level. And it's just, it's a completely different level, completely different mentality of of guys that are just sitting there watching video over and over and over and over and over again and talking about it and letting everybody else know. Tony Hollywood, I tried to get him out to dinner in San Francisco my first year in Memphis. And he sent me a text back and he said, Coach, I appreciate the offer. I'm going to get a massage. I got Monte Ellis tomorrow. It's a mentality. He was getting a massage. He was prepping the night before. He didn't want to go spend any downtime getting dinner and hanging out. He had Monte Ellis, who was averaging 26 points per game. It's a mentality. Do you plan on taking some of our young guys to play Australia? Yeah. Uh, I know for sure. I, I always go. Uh, you know, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to try and do something at my house as well. We're going to bring a bunch of the guys over. And we'll wait till the second round. You know, give guys some time off. By the time they get back, we'll be around the second round. We'll, we'll sit down and watch a playoff game together and have a little fun. Do you want to take them for Yeah, I definitely do. It's, that's always a little bit harder, you know, the timing of it for everybody. Uh, so I, I don't know if that's an absolute it's more important for us to start our off-season stuff. The logistics of where that game may be and the timing of it have to come into play. Um, but we've already discussed some, some, some thoughts and ideas as a staff to, to prepare scouting reports just to have fun as a staff of what that feels like, you know, prepping for playoff scouting report, understanding. And so as we're watching the games, we're watching it with intensity and with purpose and bring some of the guys over, educating them on, hey, this is what they're going to run. How do you think they, How do you think that this team should defend Boston set or this team should defend Toronto set? Um, you know, learn from other people's mistakes and be able to evaluate it that critically. Now when they watch games two, three, four, five, six, they're studying it and looking at it like, man, he keeps going shooting the gap on that. You know, it, it's... It's just a different level. It's a, we watched, you know, going into the Boston series last year, Milwaukee takes Boston to seven. And, you know, and Eric Bledsoe has talked about it. He was awful in that series. He was absolutely awful, just overhelping. And I put it on our edit when we went into the Boston series, and I was like, don't be Eric Bledsoe. He gave up single-handedly eight threes in that series from just trying to make a play instead of being disciplined. And in a seven-game series, that that bites you. And, you know, and that's how that's how critical tendencies are. That's how critical a game plan is when you're playing in the playoffs. So we want to do something like that, try and create that. 
at least be able to have the discussion so guys can see it. Because we'll get there, and when we get there, we don't want to feel like it's our first time, and we don't want to be our clips up. <laughs> Thank you for your time, Coach. Yep, you got it. All right, so you heard uh, Coach Pierce hit on a number of topics there. I think one big takeaway, and again, you might be able to glean some of this from what you see in the games, but you know, he, he's not going to overreact to foul trouble. You know, he realizes the mathematics and the probability of the situation, which is that you know, when you get three fouls in a half, it's not that likely that you're going to get three fouls in the next half. Uh, you know, worrying about guys fouling out, that's a counterproductive problem to worry about because most of the time you're never really going to get to that fifth foul or the sixth foul. Uh, guys don't foul out that often. So I like his approach in terms of not overreacting to foul trouble. The Hawks have Memphis in town tomorrow, i.e. Wednesday. That's Tony Allen's former team. They still have Mike Conley, who Coach Pierce mentioned in that clip. It should be an interesting game. If you like what we're doing over here at ATLM29, please give us a review, right? Subscribe, rate, review, do all the good stuff for us. We would greatly appreciate it, and we hope to talk to you again next time. Thanks for listening.